Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers calling. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. The train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Open the doors and bore them Blessings, peace and blessings, peace and blessings. Peace be unto you. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom alaikum. Hotel. Aboregani. Bonsoir. Bonjour. Ciao. These are some of the greetings used by our family all over the planet. If we didn't touch on that one that makes you feel welcome then you contact us at Black Hole Radio, whole spelled W-H-O-L-E, because we want each of you to know that this is your show. This is That's a right. family show. This is a That's right. dialogue, a conversation. This is not a monologue. And in order for that to happen, we have to have participation from both sides. So I am just your co-host. Brother Rudolph Muhammad, wishing you and your family and all who are listening, wishing that the blessings of Almighty God Allah be showered upon you and yours so that you can enjoy life, 
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But you can only do that if you buy into it. In the scripture, it is written, it says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, if is the key word in that, it's a preposition. And what it means is that in order for the second part of what's in that statement to happen, the first part has to be carried out. But we'll go into that later. This part right here is just me welcoming you. First of all, thanking Almighty God Allah for allowing me another day in his wonderful creation called life. Thanking Almighty God Allah for traveling to seek and save a Negro like me, coming after me when I didn't even know I was lost. Yes, and not just coming after me single-handedly or empty-handed, but he came after me and he raised one from out of the muck and mire and raised him up, stood him up, cleaned him up, imbued him with his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the time and what must be done. And then he turned him loose. And then that one began teaching. And then he raised one and taught one, speaking to him face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. We're talking about none other than Master Farad Muhammad the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and, of course, the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so in those three great names, I greet the family of Muhammad, the well-wishers of Muhammad, the supporters of Muhammad, and even the detractors of Muhammad. We greet you in the greeting words of peace and of paradise of As-Salamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. I'm going to turn it over to you right now, brother, so you can get yours in. Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Well, by God's grace and mercy, we'll see. I'm just entering the Hampton Roads Bridge and Tunnel, so hopefully I don't get cut off. But in the name of the Most High God, we want to thank all of you for tuning in to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We thank you. Our first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. Our constant and consistent listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. We thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. We do not take it lightly. That's why we always give greetings to you in the name of the Most High God and his messenger, because we would not be here were it not for their grace and their mercy. That's right. Which we we believe is undeserved kindness. So, yeah. in that spirit, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for tuning in to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I, too, want to greet you with the greeting words of peace. We are also taught that it's a prayer. It's the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Praise be to Allah, God, the Most High, 
Allah meaning the all in all, God meaning force and power. As they sing in the church in times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need a supreme being. And so what do you mean, Brother Yusuf? I'm so glad you asked me that question because last week, just seven or eight days ago, as we closed out the program, the very next day, the country of Afghanistan had a major earthquake. Thousands were killed. Thousands are still missing. Why? We don't know why. We're just living in perilous times. We know that much. But what I'm saying is that four days later, they had another. I recovered all the bodies from the one that took place last Saturday. And, you know, if the truth be told, we tell you every week, uh, by way of the questions we're asked in our lessons, who makes rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes, we tell you that our lessons also say who brings rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes. And we told you as we closed out last week that FEMA plans on, I believe it's October 19th, to do what they call the Great Shakeout the great shake because they anticipate an earthquake happening here in the 2000 by 3000 continental U.S. of A. So happy, happy, happy 28th anniversary, Holy Day of Atonement, recognability, as Brother Rudolph stated earlier, that well-known scripture to those who read the Bible and study it, Second Chronicles 7 and 14, for if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal their land. I'm telling you, these are some perilous times, brothers and sisters, that we're living in. And maybe I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean... You do know for the last year or two, there's been a war between Russia and Ukraine. You do know in the last week or so, there's been catastrophe and, 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 and detonation, if you will, and murder on the land of Palestine. You do know that. And if the truth be told, we all going through something right where we sit. Right, right where we stand. So look, feel free, as Brother Rudolph said, this is not a monologue. It could be a dialogue between he and I, but we welcome you. This is your program. And so if you haven't called in the 563-999-3089, you're more than welcome to do so. Or if you haven't logged on to... Uh, Blog Talk Radio forward slash Black Hole Radio. You're more than welcome to join this conversation because uh, if we go with those lyrics, Marvin Gaye would say, what's going on? Y'all remember that classic, Woo! what's going on? Yes, Temptations will stay. I might as well keep it in Motown. Brother Rudolph started it. Eve of destruction, tax deduction. 
city inspectors, bill collectors, mod, clothes in demand, population <laughs> out of hand, <laughs> suicide, too many bills, hippies moving hippies to moving the hills. To the hill. People all over the world are shouting in the war, and the band played on. You thought that was then. Yeah, it was during the Vietnam War that these two, uh, the group The Temptations and the genius of Marvin Gaye, were inspired to produce those lyrics. But it was a lot of prophecy in those words. A lot of prophecy. Look what's happening right now. Apply those words to what's going on right now. So I just wanted to welcome everybody. I'm, I'm on the road. I came through the tunnel by God's grace and mercy, and I'm on the other side of the 757, and I'm about to go on to the campus of Hampton University a historical black college and university. I, I just was compelled to make this left onto the campus. Hopefully I can get on. My grandfather is an alumni at Hampton University. Yep, I said it, my grandfather. What a blessing. Right. You know, none of us can choose our parents, but my grandfather was an alumni at Hampton University. Yes, sir. And if we just reflect on just the a couple of weeks ago, there was an active shooter, hostile environment situation on the campus of Morgan State in Baltimore. Another right. uh, situation that we need to be cognizant of. So I want to get on the campus if the security lets me on. I don't want to flash my, 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 my firefighter's badge, Brother Rudolph, but if I have to, I will. Listen, that's and, right. And, you earned and, it. You just, earned it. Just to get... Just, just just to get on campus and just see what the logistics are, because, you know, Brother Rudolph and I, you know, we, we, we take our profession very seriously, both That's with right. boots on the ground, both with first responding, both with emergency management. So as an emergency manager, right. we look at every situation with six basic components to uh, reduce the hazard, if you will, and that's planning, operations, logistics, resources, both human and financial resources, communication, and coordination. So since I'm in this part of the planet, let me go over here and see what the young people are doing on the campus of Hampton University see if the security will let me in, and in fact, since we go live, how we go live, I'm going to ask the security guard, what kind of training y'all get for hostile uh, environment active shooting scenarios? He probably won't answer me and tell me, turn around, you can't come on campus. Right. But I'm sure I'm going to ask him. He's gonna hit so I'm going to leave it to you right now. Hey, <laughs> come on. It, it can happen as we speak. Right. That's, that's, our right. that's our children on these campuses, whether it's um, active shooter or hostile environment response or not, or whether it's, uh, you know, I was doing my research earlier, Brother Rudolph, and, um, this morning, and I don't have it in front of me because I'm driving, but FEMA just came out with their uh, updated version of how to protect faith-based institutions, <laughs> churches, mosques, synagogues, 
And, you know, from what I could see in terms of the illustration, there was three phases of what they were focusing on. The interior, side the interior, they were calling that kind of like the primary. And right outside of that, they were calling that the secondary. So hold on. Let me see if this security guard will let me in. Peace yes, and blessings, sir. Fine, fine, fine. I'm doing a, 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 a online radio show on disaster preparedness. I'm a retired firefighter. Uh, I'm just going to go park where I can park. I'm not even trying to go in the building. Uh, yeah, fire, retired firefighter. Yes, sir. All right? Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Be safe, all right? Thank you. Yeah, he let me in. He let me in. He asked the right questions. You know, what building am I going to park at? That was good. Is somebody expecting me? I told him yes. <laughs> I told him yes. You and have a convincing face, Brother Yusuf. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh. Okay, that well, ma- praise that, be to Allah. That melodious voice, you lulled him into into you lulled him into a sense of security. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, well, that's what's up. You got it, and that was one of the things too, brother Rudolph. That um, because of course, back to the uh, FEMA giving uh giving this up-to-date version of how to secure a faith-based institution. I was saying they focused on the interior, they focused on the first perimeter outside, and then the second perimeter outside the first perimeter. That that was their focus, three, three different phases. Of course, it reminded me of what we do as fruit of Islam, the name given to the right. military training of men that belong to Islam in North America. But maybe we can um, touch base with that just, just uh, you know, without having the illustration and the diagram in front of me. What, what, what would you say, uh, Brother Rudolph, in terms of either a college campus or a uh, faith-based institution what do you think we we should be concerned about? Well, in my guesstimation, the first thing would be to educate the inhabitants of the space of the possibility mm-hmm. that such an action can and will happen. Mm-hmm and to fortify the inhabitants with the necessary information, skills, and training that they can respond appropriately to any threat against them or their institution. That that would be my Very. estimation. The physical um, protection of... The buildings is one thing. Mm-hmm. The protection of the inhabitants is more important to me. And if they're properly trained, they will know and be able to kick into gear when the threat 
with the sound, the alarm goes off, they'll be able to kick it into gear and start doing the things that are necessary internally, meaning internally in themselves and internally in the institutions and structures to help fortify the structure and themselves. But without teaching them, uh, uh, you, you're, you're fighting a losing battle because you're just going to have chaos on the inside of your own perimeter. Very good. Very good. You know, as I briefly observed their, their, their you know, up-to-date version of, you know, securing a faith-based institution, of course, like that, that outside perimeter could be the way the illustration was around the building per se, the outside perimeter was the parking lot. But the, the, the perimeter between the parking lot and the interior of the building, of course, where people would walk out of their cars, Toward the building, so you have more pedestrian, more walking toward the building, and I say your your point is 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 right on because the little bit I saw was once they got to the door, meaning other parishioners, guests, visitors, it was suggested that just to say hello. To the people as they come in, the greeting is a form of security. Correct. It was, sta- it was stating that, you know, generally speaking, people don't understand how significant they just use the word hello if people came to your institution, how critical that is in terms of security, that as you know, we, we are taught to tune into their their spiritual, tune into their countenance, tune into their attitude or behavior when they get to the door just by saying hello to see what the response is going to be. Right. And it's right. it's interesting because, I mean, we get that training, but uh, I guess for lack of a better description, John Q. Public, they might not really understand how important just a greeting is. So you're right on it, Brother Rudolph. You know, again, I don't have the illustration in front of me. Maybe I can pull it up on my phone as as we're talking. Does anything else come to your mind? Um, just just the fact that you know, after you uh, do that, then the other thing is all structural. It's how your uh, institution is laid out, or what um, bulwarks you can uh, erect in between that parking lot, and that front door. You know, how can you control the flow of traffic as it's coming in? How can you redirect threats that may be approaching that front door? Um, So, you know, that would be the other thing, and that's purely structural at that point. Um, You know, that's more of a facilities-based thing. But yeah, no, yeah, well, it, you know, no, I was saying that's that's critically important too. Whether you're talking security or you're talking um, fire safety, 
Anytime yeah. you walk in a building, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you should look and see if there's another way out than the way Correct. you came in. In other words, two exits, means of egress. You should do a just a, a snapshot, if you will, of does this room I'm about to enter have windows? What floor am I on? Right. Are there buildings adjacent uh, uh, where where we are? Where where's the um, fire extinguisher located? Do I know how to use a fire extinguisher once I see it, or is it just a a, a, a metal cylinder on the wall? Right. What about the uh, an AED machine? Automatic external defibrillator. Right. Do you know how to use it? It's sort of self-explanatory, but if you never used it before, it could be intimidating. Yes, sir. So these are just certain points that came to my mind as I'm I'm sitting here on the campus of Hampton University, and truly, I just found out uh, in a conversation I had with one of my cousins the other day that, you know, they have a military cemetery on the campus of Hampton University, Brother Rudolph. And uh, yeah. I, I found out one of my uncles are buried over here. So I said, let me wow. let me just come and be with my 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 ancestor, my uncle, and uh, that's right. You know, do do the show, do the show, right? So here we are on the campus. Everything's quiet. The children, the student population, going to and fro. I must say, the security guard he he asked a question like, you know, who are you? Who are you going to see? What building you going to? And then, you know, the fact that I guess I showed the badge, but as you said, Brother Rudolph, I just had one of those faces. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, no, uh, he, let, yes. he, he let me on the campus. And, and, and the reality is, brothers and sisters, I'm telling the truth. So truth makes us victorious. I, I told you before I made the left onto the campus what my intent was. And the guard just said, yeah, go right in. Just use that security guard cell. You cool. You know. But these are but just some of the initial th- things that came to my mind. I, I'm in it. Like I said, I'm, I'm in the uh, cemetery section, so I'm not really getting my – I'm trying to pull up this uh, this piece from FEMA. Right. But I'm having a little difficulty. So I'll pass it on to you, Brother Rudolph, and if I pull it up, we'll continue on uh, this, this, the safety and security of of a faith-based institution. Brother Rudolph, you with us? I'm with. I'm with. The floor is yours, brother. Yes, I'm trying to find this piece. Go right ahead, black man. All right, yes, sir. Well, well, as you mentioned, 28 years ago, a historical event was taking place, and we were blessed to be a part of it. That's right. Now, I remember vividly because I was heading up a contingent of over 100 first responders coming from New York City 
into the D.C. area. And we had been traveling for the last month. Every Wednesday, we were going down to the um, Wednesday meeting that they were having, the planning meetings of a contingent of the 100 responders. It was actually, we had more than 100, but um, it was the first 100 that signed up that really caught everybody's eye because that that 100 was, I mean, and, and I mean, was really, really engaged. Like I said, every week for four weeks leading up to the Million Man March, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m., right. we were in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. at that planning meeting and then driving right back to New York to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget because I was in the union at that time. I was the uh, secretary treasurer for my union, DC 37, local 2507, and uh, Kevin Tall Lightsey was the uh, president. It was the first time that that union had a black president and an executive board. And mm-hmm. we were very engaged in supporting the Million Man March. Uh, we were given a triage area on Avenue K. I'll never forget it. It was a, a, a one of those Winnebago trailers. Uh, Mm-hmm. And it was given to us because of our numbers. And so we had that whole section on from Avenue K, L, M, N, all the way down. And we had to organize ourselves and break up those sec- into those sections. And we had to communicate with you and the other brothers in the other sections with the logistics and the communications teams and uh, figuring out the resources that we need. We brought resources with us. We didn't come down and expect them to have anything. So each of us, we had amassed uh, what we could in terms of medical supplies and loaded it into our vehicles and we came down in a caravan. And then the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps took a very pivotal role in it because we sent a vehicle down into the D.C. area, uh, volunteer ambulance, as well as a, a van full of uh, volunteers, to be there on the spot, didn't know what we were go- they were going to do if something had happened, but just to be on hand, to be on the spot. So That's to right. all of those that were there, uh, Brother Tim Sutton, who was an EMT at that point, had become a PA. Uh, Dr. Vernon from Moss Number 7, who was a PA. Uh, Raymond Johnson, who drove the van who worked for New York City Transit, they'll all be pleased with him. Um, man, man, I could go on and Reggie Cox, I could go on and on, and most of them that I would mention from Bed-Stuy are no, no longer on this side with us. But 
And they will something? always be remembered for their sacrifice right. and, and, and their spirit on that day and at that time. And I remember that we, um, it was like 27 or 28 of us crammed into four or five rooms at, at this hotel and not one minute of sleep did anybody get that night because we were That's just right. so hyped up and so geeked up from the uh, energy that was flowing in D.C. that night by all the brothers that we kept meeting that were coming in, that were coming from all over, and you met a brother, and it was like you knew him your whole life. It was nothing but hugs and giving pounds and a lot of laughter and joy. Oh, man, it wasn't a, 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 there was no negativity. There was no profanity. There was no um, 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 shenanigans going on at at that time. It, It was nothing of a negative connotation. Everything was positive. It was just a beautiful thing to be able to see. And then getting up early, well, not getting up because we never went to bed, but coming outside and making our way to Mm -hmm. the mall at like 3 o'clock that morning to see the thousands and tens of thousands of people that were already on the mall before the suns came up. That's right. Oh, man. Just thinking about it now, man, it, 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 uh, I, I'm kind of tearing up just remembering the day because Allah blessed me to be alive, to see it, to witness it, to go through it, and to be a part of it, helping in the way that I could help. Man, my God, brother! Beautiful. No, you painted a beautiful picture. Let's let the listening audience know that this took place on a Monday, right. October sixteenth, nineteen ninety-five. Let's not forget that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had crisscrossed the continental USA for those 10 months prior to, from the time he called at the 369th Armory in Harlem to that at, particular at Monday, he crisscrossed. At that historic men's only meeting. Exactly, and he continued with the men's only meetings across America prior to that time. What else was going on in 19... 19- 95, you had in the news, O.J. Simpson, that case, which they were saying at the time was the case of the century. You had this Caucasian woman, I believe her name was Susan Smith, that drowned her own babies in a lake in South Carolina, and she said a black man did it. And said a black man did it. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You had the Amtrak train derailment. That derailed. All of this was leading up to that day 
that Congress shut down. President Clinton got out of town. Right. Leading up to that day. So when Brother Rudolph was painting that beautiful illustration, that beautiful picture, it was like I was reliving it again too, Brother Rudolph, just like that almost, because shout out President Romeo Spalding of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters who bought into the proposal, being a part of the national black organizations that bought into, we need to be a part of that as an international association of black professional firefighters, and we were. We collaborated with the Washington D.C.E.M.S. Fire Rescue Department. Right. And uh, I was at one of those stations, brother, you were delivering those supplies to. Yes, sir. I brought my son. Yes, sir. We were there three days early, and I was a part of that back and forth. And like I was right. saying earlier, before we got on the yep. air, brother, those of us who believed and had faith, because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan demonstrated that faith, we worked like ants to try to make this day what Allah blessed us to make and beyond what we could even imagine. That what that day That's was. Right. Shout yes, out sir. to Brother Lloyd Ayers, who became the commissioner of the Philadelphia Fire Department at the time. He was the Northeast Regional Director of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, and I was assisting him. And as soon as I told him about it, he bought right in. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Shout out right. to, as you said, Brother Rudolph, those who are no longer here, the first president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, Brother David Floyd, David J. Floyd yes, out sir. of New right. York. That's right. He was one of the first brothers I saw on the mall once the sun rose. Shout out to Brother John Austin, who three days before the, the brothers started coming, I ran into him at the cold booth somewhere in Maryland, and we just shouted <laughs> out, you know, long live the spirit of the Million Man March, and it hadn't even happened yet. Right. By the way, John Austin right. is now the chief of the New Haven, Connecticut Fire Department. And so when you when you painted that beautiful picture, Brother Rudolph, you took me right back for me too, the joy and the overjoy. I was talking to my cousin, and I was informing them of our dear brother, the National Assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, who, Lord willing, will be delivering a powerful message on Sunday coming, commemoration of the Day of Atonement, Reconciliation, and Responsibility, which right. was the theme of the Million Man March then and now and forever. And... Because of the time we're in right now, he'll also, inshallah, be talking about the Great War. And so what a powerful day it was then, what a powerful day it is now, and we just thank Allah. We, Brothers and sisters, that's why Brother Rudolph and I stay humble to be before you because we were there then, we're here now, and there were many, you know, that were there then who are no longer physically here, here now. now. Right. But they'll always yes, be with us in spirit. 
You know, right. so I remember bringing my sons out of uh, two of the three of them. My youngest son, Taj Malik, we we felt he was too young to go at the time. And you know, when you talked about the women in support of the Million Man March, I know Brother Forrest earlier was talking about that. They were strong in getting weak oh, men man. to get on the bus. What do you mean you're right. not going? Right. Huh? What do you mean you're, you're getting not going? Idea. <laughs> yeah. The minister called for one and just short of two arrived and, you know, the machinations of, you know, Shaitan being who he is, he told everybody, well, we think it was the 400,000. We think it was 400,000 that, that came until the demographers who really did the math, you knew it was way more than that, right? And then uh, the other piece was, all right, Negroes, get on the bus. When everybody got there and all that was said and done, even though the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan classifies himself as a Muslim, 85% of the attendees there classified themselves as Christian. Right. And that was one of the reasons why the minister had the brothers sing the song at the end, to God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. He went on to call it a glimpse of heaven. Just so yes, much, brothers, on the line listening, because it was more than just a title, a million man march. It was more than, and it was powerful, where he had the brothers give that pledge. It was powerful. Right. right. You understand? And whether the brothers lived it out or not, the minister didn't get up there and say, all right, everybody join the Nation of Islam. He said, no. Go to a fellowship, a place of worship of your choice. And join it, and join an organization back home and be a part of it. And every organization benefited from the Million Man March. They said it was a groundswell of membership of black organizations immediately to the Million Man March. Not to mention the groundswell of voter registration that went right. off the charts, not to mention the groundswell of black children who were adopted. Shout out adopted. to That's our right. brother, brother Leonard, Baba Leonard Dunstan, who was the president at that time of the Black uh, National Association of Black Social Workers Incorporated, who spearheaded yeah. that adoption. You know, and in fact, our dear sister, Sister Student Minister Dr. Ava Muhammad and her wonderful husband adopted two children as a result of that Million Man March and that adoption campaign. So, Brother Rudolph, you opened it up, brother. I mean, you painted a beautiful picture. So much to say about it. Yes, sir. Sounds like we are dear brother, Brother Forrest. Yes, sir, but you got me reminiscing. I want to talk about three points if I may. May I, with your permission, brothers? Certainly, brother. <laughs> Our pleasure, sir. Well, brother, you know, 
Because, you know, you know, I'm an old Marine, but you have to ask permission to come on deck, brother. You just don't, you just don't walk into the, into, the, um, into the arena. You have to get permission to the, to the uh, commanding officers. So, brothers, I want, to, I want to think Brother Rudolph was saying the spirit of love. So we have problems in New York. We talked about this off the air. I want to talk about the problems. But as I was traveling down the turnpike that morning, Everywhere we stopped, we had to stop, you know, for gas or stop for to use the restroom. Remember, the minister said no smoking, no drinking, and don't buy from any establishment that's not black-owned, correct? Right. No? That's right. Okay. On the tur- brother, on the turnpike, all brothers were doing, they had to get gas. That's the only thing we, we had to, but all brothers were doing, gassing up their cars, going to the restrooms, and going out. Now, I watched this at New Jersey Turnpike rest stop after exit, right before exit 7, I mean, right before exit 8. I watched this at the right. Delaware, uh, Maryland house, and then we came into D.C. We get into D.C., like Brother said, there were buses from L.A., there were buses from Georgia, there were buses from, from uh, uh, Texas, there were buses from uh, Boston, New York, and the brothers are getting off. Everybody, there were bloods and crips and uh, gangster disciples wearing their colors, hugging each other. Right, that's right. Giving that's nothing right. but love. So what? It wasn't. It, I, I want. I don't want to. I, I got to compare something because I did both the Million Man March and the Millions Women's March. The Women's Million Women's the Million Women's March was not called by Minister Farrakhan. It was called by the sisters, some other sisters. No problem. But I want to give a comparison of the divine spirit that was over the whole event, going down the turnpike, getting to D.C., coming onto the uh, plaza, uh, watching. I'm just watching. By this time now, I'm there right when prayer was being said. So prayer happens, mm-hmm. and now brothers are coming in by what looks like 50,000 at a time. From where I was, from my vantage point, and not one mm-hmm. harsh word. On the plaza, it was so tight, brother. We had no choice but to step on each other's feet. But brothers, like I'm okay, yes, brothers. Sir. I apologize. Brothers apologize. Right, right. Brother who foot got I'm okay, brother. Right. No problem, brother. I understand. That's it's right. tight here. And when we raise money to help pay off the uh, the production costs, there was garbage bags passed. Brothers passed the garbage bags. The FOI were collecting the garbage bags, and there was not enough FOI to deal with all the garbage bags. So the brothers who were, as you say, Christians, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, or whatever they were, non-affiliated, they helped with the collection. They got into the Secretarial Department of the Nation of Islam so the money could be uh, put forth for the right purposes. But I'm talking about a spiritual calling from a spiritual man that you know that he's led by God or inspired by God that there was no way that could have been done in the manner in which it was done and how it happened without God's divine hand on it. Would y'all agree? You were there. Yes, right. We were all there. Yes, sir. It was a whole different Yes, sir. Brother, the funny part was this. I ran into a group of sisters on the perimeter, right? They said, brother, I say, sister, they're like, brother, we're not coming to the march. We just here to meet our future husbands. <laughs> they were like, they were, they were like farmers yeah. looking for 
looking for the right fruit. They were smart <laughs> enough to know where to pick from. Now, they fast forward to... Vineyard to pick from. <laughs> oh, brother, they were... Hey, brother, if you're going to go farming, you got to go to where the crops are, right? <laughs> That's what right. all the time. You can't get... You can't get caviar at the corner store. You must go to the food emporium to get caviar. You can't get it at the corner store. You can get some grits, some hobby grits, but you can't get caviar. So, so they came to the food emporium that day, brother. But the, the spirit was, was, was overwhelming, not only during the march, but even after the march. When we finished, right. when we left D.C., the plaza, the plaza was clean. It wasn't just right, a right, right. of the plaza. Every brother picked up garbage and took it to the garbage uh, um, bags and took it to the garbage cans so it could be uh, neatly um, disposed of. Not only that, brother, the yes, only sir. person that got arrested out of two million people there, the only person that got arrested was a white man. I just happened to wow. witness a white man get arrested because he, he got belligerent. <laughs> So the police had to had to put him in handcuffs and restrain him and take him away to the local precinct. That spirit, brother, it was is divine, and that's that's why you know we could talk about the behind the scenes stuff that happened. But brother, from from my time leaving New York City, even in New York City where we had confusion, I don't want to bring that into this conversation. Where we had confusion, brothers were brothers were paying for brothers to get on buses. Brothers were paying for brothers to get on the train. Come on, bro, we get on the train. Because we had some the, mm-hmm. the markers with the buses. So brother, brother, I remember one brother said, come on, brother, let's go. But one brother said, bro, I, I don't got money to get on the Amtrak to go to D.C. He said, bro, I got you. Come on. I got your round two ticket. Let's go. That, that spirit. Now, flash forward to the Million Women's March. I was, in, I was on the detail for Mother Khadijah. Mother Khadijah attended that march, and I was on that detail. So on our way there, it was not the same spirit. No offense to my sisters, but it was not called by that divine guided, divinely guided person. And it was a whole different type of spirit. You know, uh, coming out the rest stop, people got uh, Dunkin' Donut bags and whatever the chicken place is, they doing everything. Plus, we were fasting. That's another right. thing. All right. the brothers, that's, that's all right. the brothers right. were fasting. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. We were fasting. That's right. Brother, it it was a whole different environment, and like you said, brother, I stepped into heaven. I've, uh, you know, brother, yourself, the pastor, the pastor of disaster. There's an old Negro spiritual that is sung, uh, and it's really, I think it's for New Orleans. When the saints come marching in, I want to be in that number. That's what yes, it is, brother. That's how Go I ahead. felt that day. I was, in, I was in yes, that, sir. I was in the in, in that number with those saints come marching in. And That's the reason right. why Bill Clinton right. got out of town, brother, you know why they really got out of town? Because they know the mother plane really exists. And they were afraid right. that this was going to be the day. Oh, yeah. That day was going to be the day of reckoning. <laughs> yeah, right. So they got That's out of right. dark, and they, they didn't want to get... They didn't want to get caught up in the rapture because they know when the rapture comes to judgment. And they're like, yo, we got to go. They that's went right. to the bunker like as if, if, it, if, as if it was a nuclear attack. <laughs> so that's all I want to add, brother. Stay careful and let me uh, participate. Yes, no, that was thank beautiful. You, thank you. A couple Man. of things come to my mind, family, is that when Brother Forrest mentioned it was so packed, in terms of the density of brothers being on each other's shoes and whatnot, 
when a brother had to go to the bathroom, the love and the spirit and the demonstration of it was the brothers picked the brother up and, and passed him along. carried him right. over their like head from one concert. brother to another right. till they got right. to the perimeter yes, to go to the, uh, I guess, part of Sands and whatnot. That right. was just a beautiful thing. And then the other thing about the significance of everything from from security-wise to love-wise, there was a uh, pre-planned meeting, as we were told, that the top U.S. government officials over the mall told the minister and the supreme captain at the time, Sharif, that any if anything happens, we got a pre-planned route for you to get you off the mall safely. Right. The love and the spirit of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, not me. If something go down that day, I'm dying with my people. And so that's 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 love on a whole nother level. That reminds me of uh the book of John, I wanna say it's two and fifteen. No greater love is any man that one will will give his life, lay down his life for his friend. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who was told by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in and around the march on Washington in 1963, when you talk about the differences, Brother Fathers, of the spirit and the operations, most honorable Elijah Muhammad thought it was too much frivolity going on on that day. And he said, you told the minister, you know, one day we're going to have a march in Washington. And it's not going to be none of that. And lo and behold, here we are in October 2023 talking about long live the spirit of the Million Man March, the 28th anniversary of the Day of Atonement, Reconciliation, and Responsibility. You're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. It's 4.54 p.m. Eastern Time. Certainly we look forward to hearing from anyone who's listening who may want to share what that day meant to them. Uh, Brother Rudolph, you can continue on that line. I was able to pick up those six points in terms of security of a uh faith-based institution, but the spirit is so high on the anniversary. I'll just let Allah order your steps, brother, and make firm your feet. The floor is yours, Brother Rudolph. Can I be heard? Man, man, you know, um, more reminiscent on that day, just thinking about it, None of my boys were born prior to the, uh, well, no, 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 that's not true. Two of my boys were born, two of them, two of them, but they were young. They were very young. They were like, they were two, yeah, and, and one was just born, yeah, um, before the Million Man March. Uh, the others came after the Million Man March. But I remember that all of us were uh, just about in the, you know, the same category 
we all had real young, young children, uh, right. babies uh, at that time. And those months working up to the Million Man March where we were on the go almost 24-7, how close our families got together because we were constantly gone. And so all the sisters and the children were really had gotten really tight and grown really close together and it forced the families to get tighter uh, because of everything that was going on yeah man man you know what you just brought up another thing too you just brought up another thing brother Rudolph shout out to the teachers the community activists the sisters who didn't go to D.C. looking for a man, but, you know, there was no work, no school. So shout out to, I know, for an assurity, the Woodlands Greenberg District up in Westchester, the sisters pulled all the young people to the community center, made them watch it, developed activities, and, uh, I mean, when you just said that about that they made the families come together on so many different levels, shout out to the educators who, you know, uh, shut the school down, shut it down. Right. Because they wanted all the black youth to witness what this day was going to be. And, again, we didn't know exactly. Maybe some knew, but there was a lot of trepidation that day, too. Yes, sir. We didn't know we was going to give our life on the mall that day. Right. Thank God, we were willing to give it. You know, we were. Oh yeah. We were willing to give it. You know. Oh yeah. As they say, that was a good day. That would have been a good day to die. Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) Indeed. I'm glad you brought that up, big brother. It made me think about the educators, man, and the community activists, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Man, that, man. Shout out to the local organizing committee. Local organizing committee. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Couldn't have happened without them. No, that was a beautiful thing that, you know, I'm telling you, those of us who were there at that time, we worked like ants. That's uh, Proverbs 6 and 6. O thou sluggard, study the ant and become wise. I'm telling you, bro, we were going up and down the East Coast, bro, making sure we could do the best we could. Every week. Every week. My wife and I were talking about this. My wife and I were talking about, you know, the life of a a believer in the nation of Islam, especially back then, you know, where wherever the minister was, we knew it was our duty to be there. If if it was in our in our region, and so six hundred mile radius, <laughs> right? Yes, sir. You would work all, work all day at the regular job, get off, pile into a vehicle, drive right. all night, get That's there, right. stand post for the entire time, get back in That's the vehicle, right. and drive back home to go to work the next day. Man, Allah was blessing us. As as the brothers say Everybody on the street, you ain't the... never lied. 
<laughs> right. Everybody in the vehicle sleep, including the driver. <laughs> Boy, that's how you know Allah's with us, brother. The most honorable. What's Elijah mean? Lord, my God, God, my God, right. brother. Only Elijah could save us, brother. I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> that's my. true, Beautiful. brother. That is so I'm true. I'm telling you, man. Oh, man, man. good God from heaven. <laughs> Those, those were good times, though, brother. It strengthened yes, your faith, brothers and sisters. It strengthened your faith. You know what I mean? So yes. just didn't know. And if you're blessed, every generation will have that event during that generation. That's the defining moment for that generation. Right. And it, it, you know, like they say in the church, glad to be in the number. You know, right? Uh, um, yes, it's a blessing to be in that number because that's a holy number. That's a righteous number. So God get together to do God's work in the devil's world. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you don't. Brother Farge like coined it. Says, you don't fear the arrow by day or the arrow by night because there were mm. many threats that were being hurled at the believers during that time. You, you, they That's were threatening right. if, you, if, if you didn't go to school, what would happen? If you didn't go to work, what would happen? Uh, uh, right. If you were uh, found in one of those meetings, what, you know, what would happen? Uh, they were threatening the athletes who had decided not to um, – sport and play on that day, the entertainers who had canceled their shows uh, because right. the minister gave the, uh, the, the uh, order, no sport, no play on that day. That's, that's right. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Man, man. And here we are just 28 years later coming up on the same uh, uh, time of it, you know, uh, a Monday again. Isn't that something? Not to mention, brothers and sisters, chronologically, five years after the Million Man March, we returned to the mall, Washington, D.C., and it was coined the Million Family March. Five years after the Million Family March, we returned to Washington, D.C. Right after the breaking of the levees in New Orleans to the Millions More Movement. Yes, sir. And then 10 years after that, the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March was entitled 1015, Justice, Justice or, or else. else. And so when Brother Forrest talked about the real deal of why then President William Jefferson Clinton got out of D.C. on that day, when you talk about what Lord willing, we'll hear from the National Assistant Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, the National Assistant 
that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaks to Toman and the Great War. Here we are. We right back. You know what I? You know what, Brother Rudolph? What I was thinking earlier today. What's that? That sir? in June of 1996, after the Million Man March, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan came out in like a red crimson suit. Right. Right. And his subject was, can you avert the war of Armageddon? Right. And then the first anniversary of the Million Man March was at the United Nations. We were all there working like ants as well. He asked America, can America avert the war Armageddon? talking to all the nations of the world. Right. Fast forward to this past Savior's Day. The war of Armageddon has begun. Hmm. And when you see what's going on, at that time, Russia and Ukraine were already a year into their conflict. Right. When you see what's going on in Palestine right now, well, really the world over, because there's conflict in the 54 countries in Africa. There's conflict all over the 196,940,000 square miles of this planet Earth. Like I said, let's just bring it right on home. Look at look in the mirror. Are your eyes clear? Look in the mirror. Is your heart and your mind in accord? Because the God we say we serve don't believe in discord. He believes in harmony and peace. And so who's the voice that's talking? How many times do we have to say it? It's as though he's the eyewitness news in advance. In advance, right. Right. We need to recognize brothers and sisters or be prepared for a disaster that you already know you're not going to be prepared for because you're not in tune with the time. You're not in tune with the theology of time. You're not in tune with the time and what must and be what done. what must be done. Right. All we're asking you to do is take one step toward disaster awareness for community preparedness. And then the God will take two steps towards you, if you're sincere. And I don't have Maya Angelou's quote in front of me, but it's to the degree that you might not be prepared for everything that's going to come your way, but at least you can do something to reduce the situation, like uh, connecting the dots, back to protecting the places of worship, the six steps to enhance security against the targeted violence, as you said, Brother Rudolph, look what number one is. Understand the risk. And you got to go to your parishioners first, right? Uh, That's right. You got to do a self-assessment. What's that sound like? Self-improvement, the basis for community development. That's right. Self-examination, self-analysis, and self-correction. Perform a security self-assessment, they're saying. Number two, understand 
your space. Evaluate your facility through a layered security approach. Consider the outer, the middle, and the inner perimeters of the building and grounds. That's step number two. Understand your space. Also understand your space where you are, your mind, your body, your soul, your perimeter. Don't let nobody get in your perimeter now without going into a 60-40 because you just never know somebody, you know, getting too close. Number three, practice a plan. Talk about that all the time. Take steps that the personnel of your place of fellowship and worship, the volunteers, take steps and plan and develop what you're going to do if an incident occurs, whether it's the breaching of security or whether it's a fire. And then practice the plan to build up some muscle memory of the actions that incident occurs. Step number four, back to what you said, Brother Rudolph, inform and educate. Well, this is informing those who are your guests and your visitors, the greeters. That's what I was saying before, that you'd be surprised how you can use de-escalation techniques just by saying peace, just by saying hello in the right spirit. And then you, you know, also are looking for signs of suspicious activity. And, you know, we connecting the dots. We're going back and forth, right? But this is what we did during the Million Man March and all the other marches. Now, step number five is pursue grants. You can do that if you got a grant writer or if you're a grant writer. But no for in the shorty, we're in the fall of America. But if you get a grant issue, all praise is due to Allah. Use it for the benefit of humanity. And last, last but not least, report the hate crimes and other incidents. You got to document it, brothers and sisters. You got to document it. That's right. Uh, the Honorable Minister yep. Louis Farrakhan said, reading makes you wise, but writing makes it exact. And I don't know how it is on your job, but in the field that Brother Rudolph and I, and if it's not documented, then it, it really didn't even happen. So those are the six steps, Brother Rudolph, in terms of uh, the last thing that came out from FEMA, protecting places of worship, the six steps to enhance security against targeted violence. I just wanted to, you know, drop that off on you in terms of the overview the planning of head, ahead, and if an incident occurs. You won't be able to say that Brother Rudolph and Brother Yusef didn't try to let you know the latest uh, information coming out from various sources. We don't just use one source. We use various sources, whether it's the Ministry of Health and Human Services, whether it's the Ministry of Health and Human Services, or the Disaster Preparedness Management Task Force of the Nation of Islam, Ministry of Defense, whether it's FEMA, whether it's 
Red Cross. We're going to use what we can, whether it's the National Association of Black Social Workers, the Black Psychiatrists of America, the National Association of Black Psychologists. We use a variable uh, resource base, and we suggest you do the same. I, I just wanted to share that, Brother Rudolph. Brother Rudolph, is your phone on mute, brother? No, sir. My phone is here. It's ringing. Brother Forrest, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, brother. Brother uh, Yusuf just passed it off to you. (laughs) Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now, 28 years later, here we are. In the condition that we're in, in our communities, and so the question can be asked, what have we done for ourselves lately? And that's a valid question, because the Billion Man March was all about atonement, reconciliation, and responsibility. So we have to take responsibility for the conditions we're in and our communities are in. We have to recognize what part we have played in it. And we have to atone with ourselves, with each other, and with our God for allowing ourselves to be used as a tool and a fool by the devil to create an environment that is conducive for him to live and not for the God to live. So once again, the ball is back in our court. What are we going to do? How are we going to... uh, safeguard, and as the phrase says, make our communities a safe and decent place to live. Right. What are we going to do? Well, there are many answers to that question. That question has so many layers to it. It's not just one Mm -hmm. answer. But In every answer that you come up with, it all starts with you. And I'm not pointing out saying the you. I'm that you as well. It all starts with us. What will we do, positive change, in our communities? What can we do to be a positive change? in our communities and then help it to grow like a a wildfire and spread throughout the community. 
So that's just one of those rhetorical questions. Um, it doesn't have to be answered audibly. It's something that goes on in the recesses of our minds, but it has to be answered. 28th anniversary of the Million Man March. It's on us. And so the response has to be just as impactful, just as important, and just as awe-inspiring as the event was. Another issue that's facing us in our communities which is one of the reasons we are on this show, the awareness for community preparedness. We have a disaster going on in our communities, family, whether you know it or not. I don't know, and it is relative to where you live, but then again, it's not. You just may not have seen the pervasiveness of it uh, yet in the area that you live. But as Brother Yusuf and I always say, the mantra is coming to a city near you. That's right. We have a critical shortage of health care workers, not just in our mm. community, but in these United States, critical shortage of nurses. That's no surprise. They're bringing nurses out of retirement in order to teach again to try and address this critical shortage. They're bringing teachers out of retirement to start teaching again to address the critical shortage of teachers. The one area that I constantly see that I do not see see any progress in dealing with retention mm-hmm. or recruitment or replacing numbers is in my field, EMS. There's a critical shortage of EMTs, emergency medical technicians. Now, People may shrug their shoulders at that and say, well, you know, really, who cares? Nobody really cares until you dial 911, need an ambulance, and and you get that recording that says, please hang up and try your call again. There appears to be a receiver off the hook. Mm. Or, Or you get the recording that says, There's no one available to answer this call right now. Please hang up and try again. Now, imagine you Mm -hmm. calling 911 and you getting that response. What do you do then? Because normally it says if this was an an emergency, hang up and call 911. Well, now you're calling 911 and there's no one to pick up. Now who are you calling? And not mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Huh. So throwing that out, I'm, I'm throwing this out here to put it on everybody's mind that it's, the onus is on us to learn what we need to learn in order to be 
able to save a life in real time with disaster strikes because depending on someone to come in to our communities to do it is not a viable option. So now the question, do you know what needs to be done to save a life? If a person is choking, do you know how to clear that airway so they can get another breath? If a person's heart stops, do you know how to restart that heart? If a person is bleeding, do you know how to bandage them to keep as much of that blood inside that container as possible, considering the fact we only have a limited amount of blood in our system and we need it all to maintain our lives? Do you know what to do if a fire breaks out in your vicinity? Do you know how to contain it? Do you know how to extinguish it? Do you know how to tell what type of fire it is in order to be able to put it out? Because God forbid you throw water on an electrical fire uh. or you or you throw, throw a, a straight stream of high-pressure water on a grease fire. But these are things that you need to know. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity if we're going to survive in this day and time that we're living in. So, Brother Yusuf, I just figured I'd throw that question out there, just lob it out there and, and, and see if that would get a conversation going amongst our listeners. For those of you that are listening on the uh, to the show on the phone, press 1. Press 1 on your keypad, uh, uh, um, ha- well, well, hashtag 1, or the number sign 1, in order to speak live. Ask your question, make a statement, answer one of these questions we're throwing out here, give your viewpoint. Come on, family, let's make this a conversation not just a dialogue between Brother Yusuf and I or okay. Brother Forrest and Brother Yusuf and I. Oh, I hear someone. Oh, welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To who do we have the pleasure of hearing from, and how may we be of service to you? This is Sister Juba, and it's good to hear your voices. I just got to a place where I could call Yes, Sister Juba. Oh, it's a I pleasure to hear to your die. voice again, sis. <laughs> Welcome. So Thank you so Welcome. much. Thank you so much. Um, what? Both of you. I There's so many things that uh, come to mind, but one thing that comes to mind that I would like us to maybe look at a little bit, many of those things that, you was that that you were asking us if we were able to do. We can, but we may be on an older area, and you know we may not be be able to, even though we may know how. 
And so um, I'm wanting to know if you if we had to call 911 and you couldn't get connected, the thought that popped in my mind was that we could call someone that we know and put in the number 911. That might be one way in which they might, you know, get back in touch with us if we're even able to answer. But that was a thought that came to my mind um, to do. And, you know, perhaps you, you need to let people know that what you're doing or that's what you're planning to do because there is an emergency. Sometimes you have a name and there's a star by the name in terms of emergency. So that was a thought. Oh no, that's a sis, that 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 is a good that's a great idea and that leads us to one of the possible solutions addressing the problem, which is we have okay. to organize ourselves in yeah. our communities and as Brother Yusuf always talks about those uh community collective or, or collaborative um, uh, 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 um, situations. Yes. We have to set up within our community, we have to set up systems where we can help ourselves. That's right. That's right. So we have to have, in business, they're called memorandums of understanding, MOU. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm-hmm. All you know, right. That, and that's just that's just that disaster management talk, as Brother Barry would say, the same soup just reheated. Something that our our parents and grandparents have always done. They they've always known if if I run out of sugar, that I could come up with the right. cup of sugar when I need it. Yes. Or if I run out of eggs, I could come to your house and get a couple of eggs. We set that up mm-hmm. in advance. Yes. So it's yes. the same thing here. We have to first establish communications with our brothers and sisters, and then we can mm-hmm. see who has what skills, and then we can make an agreement that when this happens, we can activate this plan. And that's how you yes. get a plan going in your community, for your community. So that that yes. was a great suggestion, Sister Ajuba. Brother Yusuf? No, I agree with you, Brother Rudolph, and good to hear your voice, Sister Ajuba. Thank you, thank you, thank and you. And likewise, brother. Yes, sir. All praises due to Allah. Thank you for thinking on your feet. There used to be a term in uh, emergency uh, profession, called ICE, and I think it meant immediate contact in case of emergency, I-C-E. And so whether you have a Apple phone or a Droid, there's a feature on your phone, as you mentioned, that you can put that star next to a person's name, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, who if, mm-hmm. you know, in your scenario, 911 is unavailable, then you can go right to that name where that star is indicated. And inshallah, Lord willing, they'll be able to assist you 
as a viable alternative to 911 not being able to come when they right. when you call them, right? So that's a great idea. I agree with uh, Brother Rudolph. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and then well, what he talked say, about. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead, sir. No, I, we want to hear what you have to say. Oh well, I thought I thought you were finished, and I was gonna I was just gonna get off the phone to allow maybe someone else might have something to share. But continue. Well, no, the last thing was you know to buttress what Brother Rudolph was talking about in terms of sharing that thought with your community, whether it's your mm-hmm. inner circle, your outer circle, your clear mm-hmm. family, your extended family, or your blended family. It is mm-hmm. about community involvement, community investment, community partnership, or community risk reduction. And we just that's have love. to share this. Yeah, that's love. We have to share this with our people, with our families, and hopefully it will grow because we can't get around it. In in the final analysis, you know, I believe I heard the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say one time, the change agent you're looking for is you, is in the mirror. Huh? Michael (laughs) Jackson, you know it better than Mm -hmm. me. I'm looking at the man in the mirror, right? Or the woman <laughs> in the right. mirror. I'm asking them to change their ways. No message could be any clearer if you want to make mm-hmm. this world a better place. Then take a look at yourself and make a change. And then, you know, they get on me all the time, Sister Jew, but they like, come on, Brother Yusuf, now you're telling your age. If it ain't a Negro spiritual or some old, you know, R&B, I how do they know you're t- telling your age unless they're the same? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> Great point, Sister Juba. You so sharp. You you cut me going you know? in and How cut me you know coming out. My age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point was, Brother Rudolph would say, "Come on, brother, bring it up to even even bring it up to old school hip hop." We'll 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 go with that. And so 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 Guru of Gangstar would say, "Take a look at yourself. Take a look yes. at yourself. Take one good look." Take a mm-hmm. look at yourself. You know what I mean? Right. So thank you, Sister Juba. May Allah continue to bless you. She do, do every week. You know, I've been listening. Um, I've, I've been listening for a long time. But in the last few weeks, uh, there have been so many wonderful programs that you've had. And um, God bless you both and your family. Take you as well, dear sister. Thank you for your support. Okay. Sounds like we have another caller. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. How may we serve you? Could you please state your name? And again, we're here to be in service. Brother, first let me thank thank you for taking my call. First of all, I send greetings from Brother Oshia Delabu. Uh, this is Urban Lewis calling from Baltimore. Uh, I'm myself. I'm a 35 year firefighter, retired for uh, nine oh, yeah, years man, now. Uh, yes, <laughs> but you know, I thought I thought this was a show 
about EMS and fire department, you brothers are giving out life information. Stay with me. You're, you're talking about things that are going to make your, that give you a better quality of life. You're, you're, you're talking about be the change that you talk about. You're, 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 it's, it's amazing what you're saying here. And, and the woman who was just on, she made a good point. When you get older, we are, we, some of us have limited mobility, so organize, organize, organize. Uh, know what you want to have some sense of what you want to do before something happens. That's what preparedness means. But the disaster, we were born into a disaster, my brother. We were born with two strikes against us. So everything we do, we have to make sure that we, that we, that we think about what we're doing. We can't just go with what everybody, oh, man, he, he, he fell down. Give him CPR. Wait a minute. He may be breathing. Did you check to see if he was breathing first before you started pounding on his chest? <laughs> I've seen people do that. <laughs> so we, we and you're talking about something that's been going on for over 30 years: the uh, 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 in, uh, retention, uh, promotion, recruitment. All those things in the fire department are are staples in the fire department. That's how the fire department operates with that good old boy system. You know what they say is, is tradition. Tradition means I wouldn't be here because traditionally there were no no people that looked like me here. And then we also understand that everybody that look like me ain't like me. Uh, you're going to do what you do. If, if, if you got to your position acting the way you acted, do you really believe once I get way up there, I'm going to change the way I've been acting? No, brother. It's either in you or it's not. Come on. It's in. It's in but, uh, brother uh, Muhammad's been speaking this ever since I've known him. He has not stopped what he's saying. He's been saying the same guy. It's called consistency. And he's been saying this over and over and over and over. Either he's crazy or he believe it. One of the two. But, but I'll take both of them because, come on, brother, because what he's saying, it, 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 if you, if you, I'm not trying to be funny, but if you listen to what you and this other brother saying, Brother Muhammad, I'm telling you, and just, and just, just take it and then sleep on it and let it, let it sink into your, into your psyche. Because when, when we hear things, we hear it. But when we listen, it's all together different. Listening and hearing are two different things. I hear a fire engine, but I listen to somebody who's trying to save my life. And that's what this show is about. This show is about saving lives. This show is not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a joke show. We ain't, we ain't telling jokes. You ain't Ricky Smiley. You ain't Steve Harvey. You are about saving <laughs> lives. This ain't, this ain't no game. So, so I'm telling these brothers and sisters, if you want to hear something constructive, that's, that's really going to help you in a time of need because we all are going to – everybody gets a chance and gets a chance in the barrel. Everybody gets a, gets a go, man. So everybody has a loved one that expires. Everyone has someone get hurt. Everyone gets upset when, you, when you're prepared for something. You can take it a little easier than it would if you weren't prepared. So we, people are looking up to us, especially as being elders. I'm an elder now. Don't want to be, but I am. We have to, we have to teach we have to be strategic in what we say because, we, believe it or not, people are listening to us, and they're watching everything that we do. Brother, thank you for letting me speak. Always good to hear both of you on this radio. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> brother Herb, good to hear your voice, brother, in the spirit that you in. Oh, man. Brother Rudolph, I'm going to let you reply first, brother. Then I got to say something about our dear brother. Go ahead, Brother Rudolph. Man, all, all I'm going to say is, Wow, 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 wow. Bring the fire, bring the fire. 
<laughs> yeah, well, thank you. No, brother, we thank you, brother Irv, first of all, for your 35 years of service to the city of Baltimore. Brother, you're such a beautiful brother. All the things that you've done for the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, all the other talents and gifts and skills and knowledge and abilities that you share with our people because of your love for our people. Brother, you know, what you mean to me personally, man, what a blessing to hear your voice. And please return the greetings to uh, the fifth president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, our dear brother Oshiemi Adele Boo. Please give him the greetings. And, you know, Brother Rudolph, he's like us, brother, in the sense that he's dead serious. They have you cracking up, and then he say. I ain't telling no jokes. This ain't about no jokes. Right, right. I ain't telling no jokes. Right, right. Yeah. But you know, truth is stranger than fiction, brother. And yeah, that brother Herb, I just gotta say two things. Yeah. I don't know how long you've been on the air with us today. Yeah, but we started out. We started out by saying, you know, this weekend is the 28th anniversary of the Million Man March. Right. And so I know what you meant to the IBPFF at that time, being there in the DMV, as we were saying, working like ants to make it happen. This is the Juba Community Involvement, Community Investment, Community Partnership for Community Risk Reduction. This brother, boots on the ground. This brother was there. When anybody asked for him to serve, he just said, where you want me to serve, how you want me to serve. Yeah. So we got to tell that history, brother Irv. You was yeah. there. We thank Almighty God Allah for you, right? Thank and, you. And uh, no, nah, brother, that's that's real. <laughs> and we just pray that your family is doing well, man. Your family's doing right. well. This is a warrior, brother Rudolph. You already know. You just heard the, the tonality <laughs> of his voice, brother. You know, he came on giving greetings to another uh, from another warrior. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, so let me put my seatbelt on. Let me put my seatbelt on. What's the saying in the streets? Real recognize real. No Come need on, no man, that's right. Still something still, that's bro. Right. That's right. <laughs> oh, now, now he getting spiritual. That's somewhere in the province. Still <laughs> sharp and still is men sharp and men. But, Irv, let me say this, too, Irv, as I let you yes. know, brother. Guess yeah. where I'm parked, man. The, the way the, the way the Creator ordered my steps and made firm my feet today. I'm on the campus campus of Hampton University, bro. Get right out now of as here. we speak, bro. No, nah, bro. And, you know, we got to bring up our mutual friend who ended up being the first lacrosse coach in the her- history of Hampton University. <laughs> brother Lloyd Carter. Our dear brother Lloyd, Lloyd Carter. Yeah. Who, brother Lloyd your brother Carter. Rudolph. Lloyd the deputy Carter. chief, Baltimore City. Come on, man. EMS, Deputy, Chief. Deputy Chief. Wait a minute, Deputy Chief, Baltimore City, and and uh, it, uh, Lieutenant Colonel in the reserves. He retired from all of that. This brother is a phenomenal yeah, so. individual, a phenomenal, phenomenal. individual, and came from Waddy Court in Emerson Village. And if, and if and you 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 can't go there now. That's how bad it is. And it was worse than that when he was there. Okay, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. We come can, from humble beginnings. Can any good come out of Nazareth? Can any good come out of Nazareth? Come on, man. Go ahead. Come on, man. Yeah, it's not man, on the outside. It's on the inside. I love it. That's yes, right. Is he still it. in this area? Is he still in this so area? I'm, I'm in, right now, actually, I'm in L.A., and I'm coming. I'm, I'm actually building a house in Virginia Beach, so I'll be down there with you in a little bit, man. Just give me some time. 
I'm uh, looking for some Look land, and I'm going to build something down there. So we'll be we'll, I'll well, be by you. All your all your bowling date, man. You beat me bowling one time and embarrassed me in front of my wife, made me look bad and everything. Uh, she almost remember. left me. She almost left me. I stopped, you know, I had to go buy some stuff. Selective but amnesia, I'm, brother. I don't remember. I was hitting the head, brother. Not 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 you crazy. Get to, you get to do that. You get to do that. Not nobody else. But <laughs> put it on me. Love put you, brother. I love Please you too, man. Thank you, man. brother Rudolph. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm listening, man. I'm always listening. Peace. Peace. Peace, good brother. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, uh, what a joy to hear from Sister Juba and Brother Irv. You know, as yes, we're sir. at uh, 541 standard time, feel free to call in at 563-999-3089. Press 1 on your dial, on your, your dial. That's age two. On your phone pad right. and come on right. in. You be mean that black phone? That, that black phone that's sitting on the little pen next to the chair? I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Irv said, I'm an elder now. Don't want to be. But look, if you breathe long enough, brothers and sisters, you have young people saying, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No. When, did, when did we become that? Right, right. <laughs> You better stop playing. Oh, with that's it. beautiful. <laughs> Yo, I never forget. I was doing substitute teaching, and that's when the gray was starting to come in the hand. One of the young people said, uh, "Brother Yusef, um, you got some lint on the side of your head." I said, "Oh <laughs> Lord, he want me to move this lint. This lint ain't moving, son." But thank you. Right. <laughs> right. It's I appreciate it. Your observation, yeah. your concentration, but ain't no submission. This has right. stayed in. Right. Oh my goodness! That you could just well, what a if joy. you could just refocus some of that, paying attention to your to your uh, your assignment. Right. How about that? How about that? How about that? You know what? Too speaking of that, you know, all of us are educators in some sense, and as brother, you know, uh. uh Irv was saying, and Sister Juba being an educator, you know, people are always watching, watching, right? You mentioned it earlier, Brother Rudolph, yourself. So did Brother Forrest. And there's a difference between hearing and listening. But, right. you know, um, you talk about the killing fields, our children in these school systems, that's a disaster as well. So yes, when, I was doing, uh, when I was doing um, substitute teaching, yeah, I, I respected the teacher's lesson plan. But you know what my lesson plan was every day, whether they left me one or not? What's the meaning of civilization? Let's start with right. that. One having right. knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, and refinement. Not a savage, the pursuit of happiness. And that took me through the class to have them just go into that because who even asked them that kind of question? In fact, that was a song not too long out uh, called Savage. And our young people was rapping on that joint and singing on that joint because Megan Thee Stallion, I think, was on it. Beyonce was on it. So that was their favorite pop stars and rap stars. And I was hearing little babies, so I'm a savage. Now, the beat, I dug myself. I dug the beat. The beat was danceable. But, damn, the enemy, man, got our children calling themselves savage. And saying it affectionately, right? Yeah, right. like right. it's all right. 
So it's a trick bag, but that's a that's a mean study. Just what is the meaning of civilization? You know I mean, because our people. And matter of fact, I think it was a, a, a clothing line called Savage as well. I used to see the young people. Yes, sir. Walking yes, around sir. with the shirts on, Savage. Yes, sir. I be and damn this, and proud. This 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 enemy's real slick. I think Stevie Wonder said it back in the day: the slide, the slick, the wicked, wicked, wicked child. And they get into our children earlier and earlier. Whether it's vaccines, whether it's the mother. Remember when we had the young sisters on sharing their experience? Yes. My daughter-in-law, yes. Asia, brother Eddie's uh, daughter, and uh, right. uh, sister Andrea were talking about how they were being treated while they were, In you the know, hospital. with child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, even before yeah. they got to the hospital and the disrespect and or you know, the psychologists, the black psychologists, psychiatrists, they use this term, cultural competencies. And, you know, yeah, they don't understand what that even means, cultural competencies. They don't teach that at Stanford. They don't teach that at John <laughs> Hopkins. You <laughs> know what I mean? Right. Well, right. you know better than me, Brother Rudolph. You done been there, done that, brother, with the EMS, the EMT, the paramedic, the nursing. What you think? Man, I, I, look, I, I, I know for a fact we we up the creek without, we not without a paddle. We ain't even got a boat. We just Lord, in the Lord, creek. Lord. Man, mm-hmm. man, but we got to, we, we, our only way out of this thing is to unite. It's to unite. You know, I remember when I used to come to the mosque back in the 90s, before I had uh, joined and registered, when I got there early enough before the opening prayer, uh, you know, the song was playing, let us unite, let us unite. You know, uh, and, let and, us and join when, in this sweet melody. Let us unite. There you go. There, there you go. That's the only there way we go. want to be free. I'm sorry, you got me yes, started. Sir. There you go. No, but that's it, brother. I remember the words to that song. You know, that's right. and, and, and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan singing that song back when he made it. But listening to the message, positive mm-hmm. message. Letting us know that our only way out of this thing is unity. Unity. We have to unite one with another in order for us to get through this thing. So we have to, one, police ourselves. Two, somehow we have to put collective, collaborative pressure on these, um, um, I'm trying to find a respectable term for them since we're on the air, but we're talking about those in our community who work against us for the betterment of the enemy. You know, like like Sharpton said, you know, all my skin folk ain't my kin folk, and he writes about that. Cause just because you my color don't mean you my kind. You know, he, 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 that's a true statement. So, So-called you know, American we Negro. To, yeah, we have to deal with them 
in a very anti-revolutionary way. Yeah, we have to because they represent a threat, which they always did, and, and that's one of the reasons that our sister Harriet Tubman carried that pistol because she wasn't going to allow your love of your open enemy to become a deterrent and an obstacle for me trying to get free. So if you ain't with me, you against me. So I'm going to put you I out I could have the saved a hundred more. I could have saved hundreds more if they only knew they was enslaved. Right. That exactly. was Harry's quote. And this, yeah. That's right. And this is why the name of our show is Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Because before That's you right. get prepared, you must be aware. You have to do that risk assessment to know what the problem is in order to know how to fix the problem. Ooh-wee. So, yes, sir. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You can't get me started. Chuck D said, welcome to the Terror Dome, fear of a black planet. Every brother ain't a brother because his skin might as well be undercover. Stop it, so-called American <laughs> Negro. Get out of our way. You know what I mean? When I move, you move just like that. Anyway, just like look, that. Right. one of the things right. we have to talk about in connecting the dots, you know, the minister did a, in fact, the week before he did, can you avert the war Armageddon in June of 1996? I think that was June 9th, but on June 2nd, he did a lecture entitled Fear, Faith, and Truth. And so one wow. of the things I, I wanted to focus on was fear. You know, maybe you have a fear of seeing blood, so you might not think you can do the job as an EMT or a paramedic. You might have a fear of going down a smoke-filled room and not having the proper self-contained breathing apparatus on, and so you say, man, I can't be no firefighter. I can't be no... EMT, whatever your fear is. You might have a fear just walking by the brothers that's sitting on the stoop in the hood. Right. Across the street. And I've seen so-called American Negroes who are, uh, quote, unquote, hold the title of, uh, and I I, I mean this respectfully because I I really don't. Oh, oh, yeah, grand worshipful master of their Masonic lodge. I was going to yeah. say Grand Poobah, but that's not really, you know, that, that I didn't want to be right. disrespectful. Right, yeah. But right. I seen them cross the street. When they, right. I seen them cross the street. When I, that, those are our children over there sitting on the stoop. Right. What right. man having a light would hide it under a bushel basket? You know all this, these lessons you're learning, degrees you're getting. Use them on these young people. See if you can make them move for the better. To right. make the community a safe and decent place to live because either you live in the hood or if you don't, don't you think they know that? They yeah. just pass it. So, so the point is face your fear, whatever it right. is, yes, brothers sir. and sisters. You know, if you're going to qualify yourself for positions awaiting you, no matter what it is you desire to be, face your fear. Uh. Let me see if I can pull up the acronym 
for fear, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Fear, false evidence appearing real. You can agree with that or not. But what about fear? Uh, uh, How's that go? Face everything and reap the reward. Or fear everything and run. Look, wherever the hell you run into, you're going to come right back around to that same challenge that you feared. You can't run from it. So let's face our fears, brothers and sisters. That's right. To me, that's critically important. Have faith that you're going to be victorious in whatever it is you're going after, but you can't go after it without no trial, without struggle. Forget about that. The minister said if you can go somewhere and not encounter struggle or trial, when you get back, let us know where you were. No such thing. (laughs) So face it. Trials are made to purify. Face it. Hard trials are necessary to establish truth. But then when you get on that other side of the mountain, you're a better human being. Come on, me and Earth, Earth. Had you ever climbed a ladder 80 feet high before you got on the fire department? I don't know about you. I'm saying it right. Hell no. (laughs) I was scared to death. I was scared to death once I got past 10 feet high. I've never been on no ladder 80 feet, 90 feet, 100 feet, 110 feet. I had to face my fear, though, and 30 years later, like Herb, we were blessed to retire. Right. But had we not faced our fears, being yes, in smoke-filled rooms, had Brother Rudolph not faced his fear? I'm talking too much. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. How may we serve you? Please state your name and welcome. All praises due to Allah, brother. My name is Brother DeMarco Muhammad. How may yes, you sir. serve me? Just continue My doing what one. you're doing. In the My name of Allah, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You brothers got it going on. And listen, man, I want to personally, personally thank Brother Rudolph and yourself, Brother Yusuf, for what you all are doing. However, I need to ask my big brothers for forgiveness for not getting on long time ago. And lastly, brothers, the eye sees everything but itself, and people see you more clear than you see yourself. Brother Rudolph knows that I'm a young brother who's been watching my great big brother for many, many years. And to get on today and to hear the many different forms of disaster, the time and what must be done, the importance of us knowing how to make our communities a decent and safe place to live, but more importantly, to get the spirit that I feel on this phone through you, brother, doing the great work that you do for our nation, our people, and for all of humanity. So, again, I just want to thank you all. This is my first time on. I got on a little late, but I heard a number of points that just moved me about the difference in disasters, listening and hearing. And more importantly, what I need to know, and to my question, 
is about systems, systems being put in place. How can we tap into these systems and the various forms of systems? I'm old school too, brother, and I'm going to leave on this here. I believe in going to the walkie-talkie because I believe that at some point in time we may not have access to these phones. A satellite may go out. What are we to do then? Which leads to my question about the systems and the various systems, but more importantly, I thank Allah for you, uh, Brother Rudolph, Brother Yusuf, and everyone who contributes to this much timely program. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Thank you, brother. Walaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. That that brother right there he is, man, man, you talk about support here in Detroit in Moss number one. That that brother has always supported our platform, our program, me personally, and this topic, disaster awareness for community preparedness. And we are going to put those systems in place. In real time, in real time, yes, we're going to put them in place. This year, we're not waiting until next year. We're not going to wait to have a meeting to have a meeting about having a meeting. So, so yes, sir, <laughs> when I see you on Sunday, brother, I will have information for you on step one on what we, not you, what we need to do here in Detroit, boss number one, the place where the guard came personally, where he came first, mm-hmm. because here in Detroit, this is a different type of Negro here. Yes, this is not one of those places where the black man here is just okey-doke and going along with the show. No, these brothers here, you have to show them the truth. Because they done heard every story. They done been tricked by every trick out there. So they are very, very, very hardcore skeptical to to people just shooting from the hip. So we got to come on with the real, the for real, for real. And these will be some of the best soldiers in the army for, for our Lord because they are sincere, and that's why I love Detroit so much, because the spirit in Detroit is likened unto the spirit in Brooklyn. These are mm. a, a beautiful black people who, mm-hmm. when they're for you, they're for you. But if they're against you, they against you. So we want to make sure that they're for us, for the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and for Master Farad Muhammad and the salvation of our people. Yes, sir. Brother Yusuf? Well, I just want to thank Brother DeMarco for sharing his spirit with us, brother. And don't worry about coming on at the end. You came on right on time. We want to thank you. When you talk about systems, brother, in the walkie-talkie, yeah, we need to learn the language of ham radio, whether it's the CBs, the walkie-talkies, because there is going to be a time where the grid is going to shut down. And then we have to study the systems that already exist in order for us to be more successful. What do I mean by that? When you talk about disaster awareness for community preparedness, once a disaster strikes, it in the basic people systems that all of us during our activity of daily living are impacted by education, entertainment, economics, 
labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. And so if we just look at the systems that already exist and then we do our own innovation as only Allah and his messenger would have us to do, victory is ours if we want it, and we know we want it. So I just want to thank Sister Juba for calling in, Brother Irv for calling in, Brother DeMarco. May Allah bless all of you and your families. We're at the end of this week's uh, edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I want to thank the uh, engineers, Black Hole Radio, for allowing me to serve as the co-host, and I'll let Brother Rudolph close us out for this week. Look forward to serving you again next week. Same time, same station. Brother Rudolph, love you. As-salamu alaykum. Love you too, Brother Yusuf. And and I'm going to close it out with this. You know, we have to, one, show an attitude of gratitude for where we are at this present time, because no matter where we think we are, how bad we think we're doing, we could always be doing worse. So we have to be thankful mm-hmm. to the God for blessing us with whatever we have. And if we show him a little gratitude for what we have, then he will bless us with more. The question is, can we accept and afford more? Because to whom much is given, much That's is right. required. Thank you for being with us, and we look to see you and hear from you and talk to you next week. black. You know, that's the awareness for community preparedness. I cannot hear
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.